0: Hey guys, and welcome to the channel and podcast. I have with me Amy Lundy returning. Uh, how are you doing, Amy?
1: I'm doing pretty well. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. We were just talking about some crazy stuff happening in, in the world, uh, as we know at the moment, but uh, also some interesting news coming out of the tennis world as well. Uh, so Novak Djokovic splitting with his long-term coach, uh, Marian Vider. I thought it was relatively surprising. I know he wasn't with him in in debate, so I guess it's not a huge surprise, and that was why he wasn't, because they split at the end of last year. But seems very amicable. It looks like it might actually be a choice more on Vida's side than Djokovic's. But uh, initial thoughts, and I mean, he has had a phenomenal run with Djokovic, obviously being there pretty much since the start, only had that one, I think it was one and a bit years, where they didn't, weren't together really. Boris Becker came in and was head coach for a little bit, but uh, his success has been with Vida and obviously he's been so so good and the partnership's been so fruitful.
1: Yeah, here's my thoughts. Never is a split uh, acrimonious when it comes to Novak. I mean, pretty much everybody who's ever worked with him, Boris Becker... Um, even Agassiz, it, it's it's always on good terms, um, and I think that says something about Djokovic. Um, the way that it unfolded is is interesting because uh, the news has just come out now in March, and apparently they decided to go their separate ways in November, and then Novak went through the whole Australian saga, and you know, Marion had not been coming on the road with him as frequently. So it wasn't like a surprise to anyone that Marion didn't take the trip to Australia, but now knowing that they weren't together in their coaching player relationship during that whole thing, um, it, it kind of makes you reflect on the episode a little bit differently. And Vida gave an interview actually in January during the whole deportation saga in which he defended Novak and said that this was going to be painful for him but that he would bounce back and you know said that it was political what was happening to him and that it was an in, it was an invasion of his privacy. So for sure they didn't split over that or any disagreement over the vaccination issue. So I think you're right. It's possible that Vida, like a lot of people during the pandemic, kind of got a different perspective on life and and really did just want to spend more time with family. And Novak maybe really did need somebody that could be there with him every step of the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's not, to be fair, it's almost similar to Tony Nadal, I guess, because it's they've been... Like, for example, he was in the for so long. And then now it's coming towards the last few years, the Twilight years. And they probably put in such a long shift with those players, like traveling everywhere with them and not seeing their family as much. And uh, they're probably thinking, well, actually, they're in good hands. So with Carlos Moya, I guess he's a former player. Even Eastwich is a former player. And I guess at this point in their careers, they're still improving. But, you know, the majority of the work's been done. Like, they now pretty much, I, I wouldn't say they will well, they probably could coach themselves, but um, you know they don't need to, I guess, have so many people on the team uh, telling them what to do. They've got their own routines in place, etc. They know what works for them and how their body uh, works and ticks along, I guess. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, I guess, the way it is. And good to see them, as you said, uh, splitting on good terms. And it seems, yeah, everyone seems to, which is a good sign, I think, from Djokovic's side that he's very much uh, whether it's his decision or or the coach's decision, it's uh, always seen as yeah, leaving on good terms, and then uh, you know they're going to be friends, etc. And there's no kind of terrible break uh, breakups anyway. Uh, but even Ivanisevic now has, I guess, uh, well, I say a chance It depends whether he wants to take it, whether Djokovic wants him to have it. But since 2019, I think we've seen, I think it's been a long process anyway Djokovic's serve improving but I think since Ivanizovic has been coached for me anyway it's accelerated that process even more and we saw it I guess we have seen it for the last couple of years the number of aces increasing uh the, the I guess the pace on the server as well and the consistency uh just being able to group his uh his tosses so close together as well groupings really impressively uh, and being able to hold us Almost akin to, I guess, how Federer has done for a few years in the back, for quite a few years at the back end of his career, um, to have that longevity. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ivanisevic in terms of impact, and and also, do you think he's going to be the one who gets the head coach role, or will it potentially be someone else?
1: I don't know. It's really hard to get inside Novak's mind on that kind of thing. There's a couple of things I do know about Djokovic. And one is that he's not averse to change. He embraces change and sees it as part of the natural course of things. So that's number one. And number two, he did have that break with Vida in 2017, briefly, and then they got back together in 2018. And then after they got back together was when you saw Novak return to form so it's not out of the realm of possibility (laughs) that they could get back together again and that that novak may reach a point at some future point in the in the future that um that he needs marion again as a stabilizing force on his team so you never say never you kind of keep good relations with people as he has done and and leave the door open for that in terms of Ivan isovich um Yes, he, he has helped Novak improve his serve. And um, I, I think it was really important after the elbow surgery to solidify a motion and an approach to service that uh, that worked for him. And I think that Ivanishvich has been crucial in that regard. Um, but there may be a point where that, particular piece of the puzzle has its limits and he needs to fill in some other pieces so again keep in mind this is not a guy who is afraid of change and um, he always keeps good relationships with people so I wouldn't be surprised to see Vida come back again at some point
0: yeah for sure he's definitely not not scared of tweaking things is he and adapting and evolving I mean he's I think evolved more than any other player um, out of the kind of elite group to be fair Uh, and interesting I think we talk about the serve and it's now I guess there's less moving parts like I talked to Craig Viner who's a tennis analyst and does work like Holger Roon and a couple of other players and he was saying that like after looking at it from a mechanical point of view like Djokovic from you know when he first came on tour um, like the amount of moving parts he had with this, uh, where there's just so many different moving parts. It's so hard to be so consistent. But now it's quite simple, but very effective. Like, it's very efficient the way that he serves, like the serving motion as well. So he finds it a lot easier, I guess, to... to Well, it's a lot more repeatable, I guess, is uh, is my point. So that's a big thing, as you said. And also his volleying game, which I think has improved as well. And I think he's realised and probably... Taken, I mean, Goran Ivanevic was a fantastic serve volume, anyway, so that probably helps. But also the fact that he's probably seen people like, for example, Federer and even and Nadal as well um, towards the back end of their career. I mean, Federer always had the touch of the net, but it's definitely helped his longevity and with Nadal as well. He's adapted and kind of evolved, and so is Novak, I think. So it'll be interesting to see whether it is Ivanevic or, or if it's someone else. But I would imagine it will be someone who, I guess, has... Something to bring to help him further his game even more, so that uh, he can play even longer and he can play in a way that has even less strain on the body, because it feels like that's the way that he keeps on going. Um, do, you, do what do you think? If you, if, it's quite a hard question, I guess. But if you sure. were Novak and you were looking and you were looking, you're like, sure, yeah, why not? I'll take um, it
1: on. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if,
0: if you were Novak, right, and with his skill set and his game, and you want to play for as long as possible, you've got you need to switch there. Um, but if you were to bring in one other person in terms of you know it can be their ex-player in terms of play style or even ideology as a coach like who who do you think he may be contemplating bringing in? I know it's quite hard to get into his head but if you were him what, like who would you look towards maybe
1: well I mean just just to back up for a second uh, with regard to Marion remember that Marion has something like 85 coaching titles to his name in, in, uh, with his relationship with Djokovic. So, and all the slams, you know, so it's going to be really hard to replace his personality on the team. Um, so just knowing a little bit about marion's personality he's pretty even keel he's like a cool cucumber he's chill you know he's a smoother smooths things (laughs) over um and novak really needs that because um he is uh he's an emotional guy who who puts it all out there so um i guess if i were to pick somebody it would be another cool cucumber that being said um, I know that Ivan is not a big believer in data and moya on on nadal's team is a big believer in data and i think data is a very important component because it allows you to um find the best patterns of play and the most efficient Mm -hmm. patterns of play and it allows you to really scout your opponents and know where their weaknesses are so i would bring in a cool cucumber who is a believer in the data component um, but not not too much so that it, it clouds your head, but you know some really good solid advanced scouting. Um, I don't know who that is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking we well, need a cool keycom. I don't know why, but the first person that t- popped into my head was Ivan Lendl, but then I don't know if he's a massive. Kind of, you know, he's almost
1: too cool. I mean, Marion's <laughs> he's, cool. he's a warm guy. Marion is is a warm, cool cucumber.
0: <laughs> wonky going on yeah. no one likes a wonky with <laughs> but, yeah. you know who would be
1: good is is Andy Murray, but he's still active. So yeah. <laughs> he can't coach no, he Novak while he's still active. But Andy That's Murray true. is kind of my answer to everything. He should be commissioner, he should <laughs> run the women's tour, he should do all this stuff.
0: You know who Andy Row would be great as a coach for is Kyrios. I think he would. Um, he would. Be, they would be a great team. But obviously, as you said, Murray, Murray's still playing. So, and who knows? He he might actually play as long. He might outlive Kyrios even's career because yeah. so we don't know when that's. It could end at any point. You just never know with him. But yeah, yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, how that would go. But yeah, very intriguing times ahead for for Novak. But. I'm sure he will, as you said, he like he'll find someone. And uh, even Išević, I guess, as a head coach, is not the worst person to have as a head coach. And he's obviously helped out a lot, so he might, as you said, bring in rather than bringing someone who is a head coach. It might be someone who is more analytics-driven, but it might just be like a senior analyst, for example, who will come in and just help them with the uh, the patterns of play and, and the data and and look at, for example, the. Uh, the opponents that he may potentially be facing and then come forward with data. It'll be interesting to see how he works with isovich considering that even isn't a massive proponent for data. So um I wonder how he you need to be someone who can spin it in a way that Ivaniseovich is happy with it, right? So almost kind of dumb it down and layman's terms say it doesn't alienate him, I guess as well. So Uh, which would be intriguing to see.
1: I mean, Novak is still getting data. I know that. Um, Yeah, yeah. But But uh, Marion was somebody who kind of synthesized all the parts and brought together all the the coaching components and – made it easy to digest so i i have to tell this story it's about american baseball so please forgive me but you'll (laughs) you'll still get it so um i'm from atlanta georgia and we have a baseball team there the atlanta braves and many many years ago the braves were owned by ted turner who was the founder of cnn which you're all familiar with and and ted turner was a real character and um For a while, he employed a manager by the name of Bobby Cox, who had a few stints managing the or coaching the Atlanta Braves. Well, at some point, uh, Ted Turner fired Bobby Cox and the the reporters were asking him you know why did you fire him who are you going to get to replace cuz bobby cox is great like who you know gonna... and ted turner famously responded i really like bobby cox and if i weren't firing him i'd hire him so <laughs> so the point being if you weren't firing marion vita you'd hire him but um, I, I really do think that, that he's a great coach. He's a legend. Yeah. Um, and, and there are some people that they were just born to coach. And uh, he, was, he was an okay player. Just like Bobby Cox was an op- okay uh, player, but he was a great manager, a Hall of Fame manager. And I think Vida is the same. So he's going to be really tough to replace. I don't even know who's out there. I'm not mm. totally up on the the different coaching personalities um, mm. or who's available. But um, mm. somebody who can volley and and knows that aspect of the game, I, I think the serve is, is pretty – you know he's got it right now yeah yeah and, Sweet and some- isn't it now yeah and somebody who's really good with strategy and and is just a very calming influence
0: mm. Pete Sampras is he calming I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't know good volume though um yeah that'll be interesting that'll be interesting yeah, no, yeah I no
1: Pete Sampras Pete Sampras doesn't want anything to do with tennis yeah <laughs> he's like uh uh-uh. uh. How about funny, Roger right? Federer? He might be available soon.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's that's political. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> we'll have all the Federer and like no, oh, you can't do that. And cross Yeah, it's, it's interesting because like with Pete Sampras, you always thought Andre Agassi always used to talk about how he hated tennis and like kind of you know he had this love hate relationship and and he's the one that ended up doing a bit of coaching obviously with with Djokovic, right? And then and Pete Sampras wasn't as vocal about it, but obviously you know after he. As he said, like when he retired, he kind of very hands off, hasn't really done anything. Um, but you would have thought he might be the person he would have coached, like when they were playing. So it's quite funny that it turned the other way around, and because he's a lot more uh, kind of, I guess, yeah, he's more up for doing it, which is uh, intriguing given his uh, <laughs> outbursts at times about tennis and. Uh, he's got a really good biography, actually, which I've only read parts of, but I should uh, rec- I recommend it to those watching, actually. It's a very, very interesting read about his uh, mentality. He's a very complicated person, that's for sure. Uh, in, in terms of like Djokovic, actually, as well, I wanted to ask, in terms of given his vaccination status, and I think we know that he's not, by the sounds of it, it looks like he's not going to get vaccinated anytime soon, so probably right. not for the rest of the year. Um, and I think the French Open are saying at the moment they're probably going to follow suit with what the Australian Open did. So that means that he's probably not going to play that as it stands, although it could change. We know that it's it's always a flexible situation. The regulations and policies have a Wimbledon like here in the UK. I think now they're pretty relaxed. I think he will play. I know Tim Heman already said that he would as well. Uh, Are you a little bit, as someone just looking from the outside in, and I know you're pretty subjective as well, do you think the stop-start nature of this year or the potential of a stop start year could affect his results or do you think now he's at a stage in his career where he's so experienced, it doesn't matter if he plays, say, three tournaments before Wimbledon or four tournaments before Wimbledon. Um he will just get the results, he'll get it done and then he'll use the first few games of a slam to actually get warmed up into into that big tournament.
1: Ideally, he would play a warm up tournament before the Slam. But I actually think that taking time off at his age and, and this point in his career is a good thing. It preserves his body, his mind, his energy. So I stop start is a good thing. Um, he, he, you know, it, it it may not he may not um, win the first Slam that he enters. Um, let's say that he's not really able to play much and, but somehow he is able to enter Roland Garros and let's say he's able to play like one clay tournament heading into Roland Garros. And then hypothetically the, the restrictions are lifted and he can play. Um, He may not win that one, you know, he may not, he may not have a good run there, but um, if things are, are headed in the right direction, then he would be, the favorite probably going into Wimbledon still. Um, I just, I don't think of time off the way that I did five years ago. Now, after what we've seen with Federer and what we've seen with Nadal, I've come to the conclusion that time off is actually preserves one's career
0: yeah no i agree a hundred percent well thanks amy for being on as always really appreciate it um is anything you want to touch on before we wrap up
1: no just um (laughs) send good vibes prayers and everything else to ukraine
0: yeah well said well said Uh, Well, thanks amy again for being on i would yeah we'll definitely catch up hopefully uh sometime soon again uh guys do check out amy on twitter um and also three tennis podcasts as well also tennis connected i think is where most of your articles are mm-hmm. uh, so some really good articles i've been reading them uh pretty much every time they come out they're really oh good thank, reads, so you. thank you Thanks. yeah they're good they're really good really informative so thank you um as someone who reads them uh but yeah guys please remember as well to like this video subscribe if you're watching on podcast platforms and do give us a um a, a follow if you don't mind and subscribe depending on what platform uh but yeah stay safe and well and we'll see you on the next video thank you very much